At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, what up? Welcome in. It is The Edge here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel flying solo today. Matt Humans filling in on Follow the Money today. So, uh, doesn't matter. We got great guests on tap. Andrew Bailey is going to be with us, covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. We're going to talk a little association as we do have a really big slate of NBA games on this MLK day. We also got Johnny Avello, 30 minutes from now, sportsbook director over at DraftKings, discuss uh, not only the weekend that was, Chalky Day, Chalky Day, 4-1, actually Chalky Weekend, I should put it that way, 4-1 straight up and against the spread for favorites so far in Wild Card Weekend, but even though it's Monday, we have one more game left to go, and of course we'll look ahead to next weekend, the divisional round, where some of these numbers have gone and where they could potentially end up. Now before we dive into the card and the uh, matchup later tonight, between the Rams and the Cardinals. Winner gets to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, let's update some scores because on this MLK day, there is a lot of hoops going on during the day. Let's start in college, guys, because uh, this was a big one in the Big Ten. Purdue and Illinois going at it. Illinois eventually closing as a one-and-a-half point favorite with a total of 147. Well, that thing goes over the total, goes to double overtime, actually, and Purdue gets the win 96-88. to 88. A really good performance. Jaden Ivey uh, had a really solid game. How about this? 19 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. And uh, from a scoring perspective from the floor, not great. But in terms of getting to the line, 13 of 15 Ivey was from the line to score those 19 points. It was a uh, contributor all the way around. The two steals was fantastic every which way and showing that he's an NBA prospect. But Purdue, 96-88, gets the win on the road against Illinois. And by the way, we have one game that is underway right now in college hoops. That would be Notre Dame uh, closing at most spots. So let's see what we got here. Make sure you get a close. Um, I've got uh, nothing popping up on my screen right now. But to regardless, to update here, uh, Notre Dame, I've got 45-42 over Howard with about 13.05 left to go. So uh, regardless, let's move on to the NBA, update some scores there. And um, how about a beat on this one this morning? Boston Celtics come storming back. They were a six-point favorite at the open, ended up closing four and a half. They get the win every which way, 104-92 over the New Orleans Pelicans after a 65-point second half in which they took out New Orleans at home. So it's a good win for the Celtics. And we have four games currently underway right now. Now there's one that is in the fourth quarter. It looks like Washington is going to take care of business against the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, Cleveland taking on Brooklyn right now. 41 seconds left to go. Cleveland, a three, three and a half point favorite, 65 59 over the Brooklyn Nets, and then two other games in the first period, first quarter. Uh, Memphis in a 10-10 deadlock with the Chicago Bulls and the Clippers up 28-16 over 
the Indiana Pacers. So with that, we have a lot to get to in the NBA. You see the closing number there. Clippers a two and a half point favor to close with a total of two ten and a half. But it is Monday, and it is a Monday in an NFL season, which means National Football League action later tonight. So let's get to it because that's the important stuff between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. So right now on the board, Los Angeles Rams uh, laying about three and a half, depending on where you look, with a total of forty nine or fifty. Interesting part here is this number continues to head toward the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this is not only three and a half at uh, a couple of spots like the South Point. Those are fleeting, though. And we're talking about threes, minus 115s out there, minus 120. So continues to head toward the road team. A lot of steam. Remember, this opened up five with a total of 50. So we're starting to see the under garner some traction. And we are starting, again, to see the Arizona Cardinals get steamed down here to potentially a field goal underdog against the Los Angeles Rams. And we do get news, right, from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, their starting safeties are not going to be able to play here in this contest. Last one, of course in the matchup with the San Francisco 49ers last week. And unless another concussion protocol did not clear. So as we look at this matchup, it does look like it is um, pretty unfavorable in terms of the Los Angeles Rams and what they're looking at defensively. It is a team that doesn't allow a lot of stuff downfield. It's been part of their DNA for the last few seasons, right? Keep everything in front of you, limit big plays. But we've seen multiple times that this Rams defense will give up those big plays, even when at full strength. And we saw some big plays given up at the end of that game against the San Francisco 49ers. But it's all about, we were talking about this on the opening lines yesterday. It's all about two guys. It's about the quarterbacks at this point right now because Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford, I think, are front and center of how this game could potentially go uh, between those two. So we start with Stafford, and it's a topic that we discussed, right, some part of last week heading into the weekend, which was out of these guys, who do you trust the most? Down the stretch, both of these guys have been a little lackadaisical. It hasn't been the best in terms of the output that you've gotten from both of them, but it's Matthew Stafford who has compiled. 10 turnover-worthy plays over the last four weeks and has kept a lot of bad teams in some of these games. You see the uh, tail of the tape, if you will, between them statistically right now. But for you, it's, for me, it's about which one of these quarterbacks do you trust to limit the mistakes and not turn the ball over to the opponent? Because when it comes to Stafford, especially that first half against, uh, was it the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams, the Baltimore Ravens. He was absolutely atrocious before they come storming back in the second half, and he looks much better. But when you're talking about simple reads and not only just turnovers, but turnovers in your own field, turnovers that are setting teams up for touchdowns, he has consistently shot his own team in the foot down the stretch. Now, it helps that the two starting safeties are out, and that's you open up the offense a little bit more here. And I do think that at some point the market's getting a little overzealous or just consistently steaming down this number to three. Stafford's got to be able to take care of the football at this point, and that's clearly obvious. But he's got to take care of the football because there's probably a chance that his team can actually perform relatively well offensively with their running game. The Arizona Cardinals, and we talked about this yesterday on opening lines, the Arizona Cardinals at times this year, when they have been their weakest, when they have looked their worst, has been against the run as a defense, right? And they're getting J.J. Watt back. J.J. Watt not exactly known as a run defender, and we haven't seen him for a while, so who knows how impactful he's going to be on the defensive end. But this is about whether or not Arizona, who at times has been extremely poor against the run, is able to contain an offense, not that it's a dominant rushing offense, uh, but contain an offense that is going to run everything through play action, right? We know how Sean McVay's system works. And if they are successful on the ground, the Los Angeles Rams, it does take pressure off of Matthew Stafford. But you look at this overall, and I think that's, for me, at least the Rams side of things, that's where it begins. Because I think they'll be able to have success, like moderate success, running the ball against the Arizona Cardinals. It's about whether or not, once you do that, and once you're working off of play action, are you able to contain the mistakes and keep this offense going? Because 
Like at this point, Matthew Stafford has kind of just become like a better version of Jared Goff, right? Like they just, they told Goff, just don't F it up and we'll be fine. And they're kind of in the same category here with Matthew Stafford. It's just that his peaks in terms of his play are a little bit higher than what Jared Goff can offer you. The problem is down the stretch, they haven't been. And on the flip side, you get Kyler Murray, who, and this is the troubling part, and something that I mentioned before with Murray, which is when you look at the last few games since week 13, when he came back from injury, the numbers are different for Kyler Murray. The turnover-worthy play rate has nearly doubled from before the season, from before the injury to these last few weeks heading into the postseason. The yards per attempt have been cut in half by nearly two yards, was right about eight and a half yards per attempt, per pass attempt, uh, through the air in the first half of the season when they were off to a great start. After the injury, he's under seven yards per attempt, right? And that's the troubling part with Kyler Murray, which is you have a uh, you have an event, you have an injury that then changed the course of his play, and his numbers have gotten worse since that event. And so you do wonder if that's part of the problem. And there are little signs here and there when you watch with your eyes that you know, the throws haven't been explo- as explosive downfield. The other things really haven't changed. Like if you look at his average depth of target, they're nearly identical. So it's just the fact that it does seem that he just hasn't been as successful throwing the ball downfield, even though his average depth of target has remained the same. And, and that's kind of the big deal, right? When you talk about these injuries for the Los Angeles Rams, with the two starting safeties out, and a defense, or excuse me, an offense in the Arizona Cardinals that has been super aggressive and attacking the ball downfield, and they're especially, and they're a good start to the year, right? And with Kyler Murray extending plays, looking downfield, never looking to run, I shouldn't say never, but consistently looking to extend plays as a passer as opposed to a runner, that's where some of those big plays came from. And so are you going to be able to find those now, and are you going to be able to find your rhythm as an offense now with those two starting safeties that aren't going to be available uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. And we also have the trends, right? The trends have been absolutely ridiculous in terms of what we have seen coming into this weekend and for Arizona themselves, 8-1 and one straight up and against the spread as a road team this season, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, how about the, uh, the wild card weekend trend that has been uh, through 61 games in wild card weekend, the last 61 games, the outright winner now 53-7-1 against the spread. You see some of the head-to-head betting trends there. So again, this has been pretty strong. If you could pick the winner, you're picking the you're picking the team that covers as well. So again, 53-7 and 1, the team that wins outright against the spread. So as we get kind of down to it here, I used the Arizona Cardinals at the beginning of week last week for point spread weekly. At this number, it's hard to, you know, willingly take 3 or 3 and a half with some ultra juice given the fact that you could have had 4 or 4 and a half right in the weeks and days leading up to this contest. But at the end of the day, I would think that uh, I can understand, I'll put it that way, can understand the steam heading in their direction. Just at this point, for you as a better, you're getting it super late to the party, and there's really not much there. All right, with that, looking back on the weekend that was, that was Wild Card Weekend, because we have a lot of good matchups uh, that are coming up next week. But let's begin uh, with the, uh, the game that is going to be, I think, I think a lot of us believe, uh, the best game on the board, and that would be uh, Kansas City and Buffalo. We'll have more on these as the games kind of continue on or excuse me, as the week continues on, and we'll talk to Johnny Avello about where he believes this number is going to end up. But this has been a pretty interesting number to track because you get two spots on the screen that have been kind of sitting around at one and a half, but uh, for the most part, two or two and a half with a total of 54 and a half. A couple of spots in the market last night opened up a little short on two. South Point here, as we talked to Chris Andrews on the opening lines on Sunday night, uh, opened higher than the market at two and a half because he believed that's where – it was going to end up, and it does seem potentially here early on that the Bills are kind of the uh, 
It seems like they could be the public side. I, I think there's going to be public support on both sides of this, mainly because you have two teams that are coming in in peak condition, and both of them blew out their previous playoff opponent. So you have that working together. But the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, the first time they played this team, never really close. There was a moment, I think it was the third quarter, before roughing the passer call where it looked like potentially on a third down they were going to get the ball back down by two scores, maybe to work their way back into it, but ultimately not the case. But this is going to be incredible football. And as humans called me out rightfully so yesterday, um, don't think uh, I'm ready to get hurt by the Kansas City Chiefs one more time. But we'll have a, a lot of the details on the analysis and the matchup uh, from that one. All right. When we come back, let's take our first break. On the other side, Andy Bailey of Bleacher Report is going to join us. Not only can we look at right the rest of the card from MLK Day and the NBA, but I'll tell you what, these award markets, especially MVP, it's starting to look like last year. Guys are dropping like flies. Dudes are struggling. Where's some value in the betting market there? We'll discuss that more with Andy Bailey on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, what's up? Welcome, and it is The Edge here on VSIN. If you missed any part of this show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Get replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. You get lots of great shows like Beating the Book with Gail Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, plus my podcast, Hardwood Handicappers, a good episode that still has some shelf life to it as we discussed uh, the Memphis Grizzlies with Jew Hill of the Daily Memphian and how great it has been this run from Memphis. Also, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Dead, as Coast to Coast Hoops and many more, all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in Andrew Bailey. He was nice enough to give us some time. Covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter, Andrew D. Bailey. Uh, Andrew, it's good to talk to you, man. So I kind of wanted to start with some big picture stuff before we get to uh, some of the games later tonight. They're going to be pretty interesting. And one of the games that is currently underway involves a team I'm pretty interested in. So you get Cleveland and Brooklyn. Cavaliers are up 65 to 59 right now. But I'm more interested in this whole entire MVP race because – now we have Kevin Durant that is going to be out uh, for the next four to six weeks. We have Steph Curry that over the last month is shooting 37% from the floor and uh, 34% from three. This is starting to kind of look like last year's MVP race where a lot of guys are kind of dropping off with injury or not playing well. What do you make of it up to this point in terms of the run for this award? It's funny you mentioned that, and thanks for having me. Um, I, I just saw a tweet from one of my editors at Bleacher Report um, guy named Brian Toporek who, who follows the Sixers real quickly real closely and he said it's this is starting to look like last year's MVP race um, because with uh, the way Embiid playing the last month or you know so some, something like that he has looked like an MVP too I think he's kind of crashing the party 
Um, and Jokic has just been steady, 25-14-7 basically every night. Uh, the fact that they're above 500 without his best two teammates is, is pretty ridiculous. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if Embiid can stay healthy, if it comes down to those two big guys again. I, I think the I shouldn't call him a wild card because he's already won two MVPs, but it doesn't seem like many people are talking about him, is Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, r- right now, I you know, if I had to handicap it, I'd still have Curry in there. But like you said, his cold shooting is officially getting weird. Um, I think if I had to pick a top three, I'd probably go with those three big guys, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. And I, I'd probably go Jokic at this point, but I think I could be convinced on Giannis too. I think, I think that's sort of a one A one B situation right now, but Embiid is kind of on their heel. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of in the camp of like, look, if you're talking about pure value to his team, there's no way that it's not like Nikola Jokic that should be seriously considered to win this award mm-hmm. again. If you look at like the on court off court numbers, which I know you really pay attention to, uh, but I got to tell you, for those who don't know, by the way, Joel Embiid, 31.8 points, 10.2 rebounds, 4.3 assists on 54% shooting during this 10 and two run that they have been on uh, in terms of the games that they have won. But I would agree that right now the biggest value bet on the board seems to be Andrew. Uh, out of all of them, Embiid at sixteen to one. If you're going to like really shop around for like some double digit heft to your number, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would be a bad call. And Philadelphia, they're getting killed today, yeah. but lately they have played a little better. And I think there's there's the added element with them that they could suddenly turn Ben Simmons into two or three helpful players. Um, and suddenly, I think they're in the mix for top two or three in the East. Um, it looked for a minute there like Chicago might kind of run away with it, but they've come back down to earth a little bit. So that's, you know, top three of the East, I don't think is out of the question for Philadelphia if they get some value for Simmons. Um, you know, I keep thinking, I know that Daryl Morey's holding out for the superstar, um, and I, I get playing hardball, but if you can surround Embiid with four shooters and you can turn a $35 million hole um, on your books, which is basically what Simmons is right now, into some help. Um, yeah, Embiid's case is only going to get stronger. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's tie into some of the games uh, that are either currently underway or ones that we're going to see. And you mentioned Chicago, so let's start here. Since December seventh, Chicago twenty seventh in non garbage time defensive efficiency. Uh, and today they're pretty short handed. There's a lot of injuries, so uh, no shame right now in terms of being down to Memphis, but fighting admirably because they're only down by seven to the Grizzlies, who have been absolutely incredible. Uh, is this kind of like coming into this season, Andy? Like I thought, like hey, you know what, Chicago really really good offensively, but aren't going to be that good defensively. Is this just kind of that coming home to roost? Like, they were always going to be, I think, an average to below average defensive team. We're just now finally starting to see it. Yeah, I think you're right. It does feel sort of like a regression toward um, what a lot of us anticipated. Um, it's like you said, they're banged up right now, and that's been really difficult to get a hold on, you know, to, to get a feel for any team over the last month because obviously you've got the injuries plus all the health and safety protocol stuff. Um so it's difficult to pull apart, you know, is is it is this the team that they are or is it just a result of all the absences that they have? Um, they're they're already better than I thought they would be. You know, I, I, I like their offseason moves. I wasn't high up like super high on DeRozan like many, many analysts, but I didn't hate it and I thought, okay, they'll they'll compete for top four or five in the East and, and I felt like that was sort of a high ceiling. Uh, projection for them. So they've already exceeded my expectations. I expect them to get kind of back on track here. Um, probably not today, because like you said, they're banged up and they're playing maybe the hottest team in the league in the Grizzlies. Um, but yeah, they've exceeded my expectations. I, I think there is a little bit of a course correction.
projection for the numbers right now. Um, you know, another problem for them defensively is they haven't had Caruso much lately, and it's it's you know one guard who comes off the bench having that big of an impact on the defense that seems like a impact defender. Uh, I mean, we have him and Lonzo out there together. They they looked really good defensively. Um, so you know, his rest- return would certainly help. But right now, yeah, they're they're just kind of the walking wounded. What do you make of Memphis and this run that they've been on? Because, you know, the uh, term ahead of schedule, right? Because it's a relatively young team. It's a super young core that they're built upon. But uh, you know, 21 and 4 through the course of 25 games at one point. And right now, like, if you look at the state of the West and tie in how Memphis is playing, it's not that crazy, is it, to think that at the end of the day, is Memphis like a Western Conference representative in the NBA Finals? Ahead of schedule is a great way to put it. Um, speaking of teams that have blown my expectations away, the Grizzlies. I mean, I would have thought if this team finishes seventh or eighth again and, you know, gets beat in the first round again, it's not that big of a deal. They're very young. It just, you know, that they can show some progress. Um, right now they're in the mix for second place in the West with, with the way that Golden State is playing lately. So they, they have been ridiculous, and I think the obvious – biggest difference between last year and this one is the superstar leap for John Morant. And I think we got a taste of it in the playoffs last year. Obviously the Grizzlies lost, I think four to one to the jazz, but there were long stretches um, of that series where John Morant looked like the best player on the floor. And, and he's going against a What was a juggernaut last year? Um, Donovan Mitchell's obviously had some great moments in the playoffs. So for him to outplay Mitchell and kind of carry the Grizzlies for stretches of that series was really impressive. And, you know, sometimes you see stuff like that in the playoffs and you think, is this is this just a hot streak? Is this an aberration? Or is this sort of a wake-up moment for this player? And it seems like it was a wake-up moment for John Moran because this, this regular season, he's not far off the numbers that he put up in that playoff series. Yeah. So having him develop – to to basically take a leap to become a top, I don't know, 10 to 15, maybe 15 to 20 player with all the depth that they have behind him. Um, This is a team that's set up to win a bunch of regular season games. And like you said, I I think if they get a couple breaks in the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked to see them make it all the way to the finals. So we talked about MVP, but in reality, we we left off the guy who is uh, the, the real MVP of his team, and we saw it after he was gone for about five games. Rudy Gobert was back uh, the other night for the Utah Jazz, and they're going to play tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. So I I was looking at the, the Jazz in this matchup, but what do you make of this matchup? And mainly, what do you make of the Lakers? Because it seems like this is kind of falling apart of the seams. LeBron's apologizing to fans. Russ Westbrook doesn't agree with the Magic Johnson comments. It just it seems like this is we knew this was not going to work out on the court, but it seems to be not working out off the court either in terms of some of these relationships. It does look like a mess um, there in Los Angeles. And just to the to the start of that question, yeah, Rudy Gobert has been a just hugely impactful year after year after year. Um, he's such a fascinating player for me to watch. I'm, I, I'm entertained by the hard rolls to the rim and you know mm-hmm. offensive rebounds and rim protection, and maybe it's just because I was a big guy once upon a time and I'm biased. Um but he doesn't. He doesn't dribble between the legs and shoot fadeaways and stuff like that. So I don't. I don't think he appeals to a large segment of NBA fans. But he is just so important to what they do. And even though Jokic had another massive line um, last night, everything just works better for the Jazz on both ends of the floor when he's out there. So he was plus thirty six in that win last night. Um, and I would expect that they'll be. You know, they'll be humming on all cylinders again against the Lakers tonight, especially with yeah, everything that they're going through, as you just 
laid out. Um, the thing about the Lakers is <laughs> this is all kind of what we anticipated when the move was made this summer. Like you said, at least in terms of on-court, I'm, I'm not sure we could have foreseen all the off-court problems. And maybe if you're a Lakers fan, you can tell yourself, you know, it'll be fine when Anthony Davis comes back. There's plenty of chemistry between him and LeBron. Um, but there, there are just so many right. fundamental issues that the moment that Westbrook trade was made, you thought, yeah, that's <laughs> that that's not going to work. He's not an off-ball player. You don't want to put the ball in his hands over LeBron. Um, so everything is just kind of panning out how we expected, I think. Yep. Follow him on Twitter at Andrew D. Bailey. Andy, thanks for the time today, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the games tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to football on the other side. Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director, is going to join us. Beeston has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now, get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. All right, it is MLK Day, and that means that there's a lot of stuff going on during the day. So uh, during Best Bets, we can update uh, a lot of stuff. But uh, let's uh, let's discuss Wild Card Weekend that was. We have one more game left, and we also have a weekend to come. The divisional round. Johnny Vello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director. It's nice enough to give us some time today. Johnny, it's always uh, good to talk to you after a weekend of football. Uh, first up, a, a favorite we- a laden weekend, right? 4-1 straight up and against the spread. What was it like for you, and what are you on the hook for as you come into Monday night? I would assume there's a lot of parlay still left alive. It wasn't looking too bad, JVT. You know, uh, we, we were looking at Saturday, and after the the first game, uh, you know, they they did bet the Bengals a little bit. In the second game, we had some Pats money. Then we get to Sunday, and uh, you know, we we took a little bit. The Bucks certainly were bet, but then we took some 49er money, and it looked like we were in okay shape. We're actually making money for the day, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Chiefs crushed it all. I mean. When the Chiefs came in, anything that was hooked up with the Chiefs previously, and uh, and it took just every, every any momentum we have absolutely got uh, just trashed. So uh, it turned out not to be such a good weekend. Monster handle, though, yep. um, but revenue-wise, it just wasn't there so far. In comparison, because we were talking about this, Mike Palm commented on it. So for you, on like a grander scale, when you're in so many different uh, operate or excuse me, different states too, how does a handle on the wild card weekend compare to what you see during like a regular season weekend? Uh, every game was higher than pretty much every game during the regular season. Now I can't say every game was, but for the most part they were. Uh, so that you know, can't complain about the handle on any of the games. Uh, pretty much. It was where we would like it to see it, uh, like to see a little better results. But, hey, that's the that's football. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. All right, let's get into tonight then. So we're seeing um, some really heavy moves in favor of the Arizona Cardinals. This one, some spots open up as high as five. Now we're down to some three with some ultra juice. Where are you guys out at DraftKings? And uh, what have you made of this news now? Of course, two starting safeties out for the Los Angeles Rams. J.J. Watt going to play for the Cardinals. Uh, it does seem like this is going to probably close three in favor of the Rams. What do you say? 
Yeah, we're, we're at three with a little bit of juice, uh, three nickels, and I could see it maybe going to 320. Um, not a particularly great spot for the book tonight. Uh, you know, they even though we opened four and a half down to three, we did see some Ram money uh, leading up to the game. Of course, there's some Arizona money, but it's, you know, with the results from the last two days, uh, nothing's going to make this a great game either way. So uh, it's one of those games where we'll just – Let's juice it out, see if we get a little profit, and move on to next week. When we're seeing a move like this, John, like where it's like from five to three and there's injuries involved, how much of that is actual action and how much of that is just moving on the information that like the Rams are going to be shorthand and you're expecting action? Just a half a point, JVT, yeah. on the uh, – you know, on the on the player side of it, that's it. Uh, the game was already moving down to three and a half, so it was, uh, you know, four and a half down to three and a half. It was kind of holding there, so uh, half a point's where we where we saw uh, the, any movement from the you know the betters on the uh, you know the guys that are in the lineup tonight. All right, let's move to the divisional round. So remember, uh, for those out there, the winner tonight will go on to Tampa Bay. So we'll see uh, what that matchup is going to be after the victory of tonight. So Cincinnati-Tennessee is obviously going to lead us off on Saturday because it seems like it's the most boring game on the board. Uh, But this was interesting. Some spots opened two and a half last night. Now we're up to three and a half at a lot of spots. What do you make of this matchup, John? Where do you expect this number to go? Because, you know, the Titans are getting healthier, right? They're getting these role players back, specifically uh, Derrick Henry. And this is a really banged up Bengals defensive line. Uh, you know, what? A, you couldn't ask for a better situation if you're the Titans. Yep. You know, get to get the week off, get healthy, come back. Now, Cincinnati just played a game, and it was a tough game, and that works well f- for them too. I mean, they're they're in playoff mode. Joe Burrow looked really good. Uh, this is not a cakewalk for the Titans. We did open this three. We're up to three minus twenty. This thing could get the possibly three and a half. I think there'll be some take back if it does get there, but there's, there's a chance it will probably make it to three and a half total. Uh, 47 and a half was the opener. We're sitting at 47 right now. Uh, in the news today, of course, uh, the Bengals did lose defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi for the rest of the field. Carted off during the weekend game with a foot injury, and he is going to be on injured reserve. So he is done for the postseason for the Cincinnati Bengals. Big loss against a team uh, that is um, going to face one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. What, what, John, what do you make of Tennessee overall? Because if you look at like the advanced metrics and the profile, they don't really check a ton of boxes, but this is also a team that's been kind of shorthanded, and like they just won games like ridiculously. Yeah, when you go back to look about three quarters through the season, yeah. uh, they were looking like, you know, this this might be the year for this team. Overall, you know, quarterback-wise, they're, they're, they're above average. Certainly need Henry. You know, without Henry, this – I don't know how far a team like this could go. Uh, so, you know, it's to me, it's all about him. It's always been about him. San Francisco, Green Bay next up on the board. Green Bay uh, in about five, five and a half with a total of 47 and a half. Uh, what number do you guys have at DraftKings? Where do you expect this to end up? Because this is pretty interesting. I, I thought it was going to be like six and a half, John, but you also have the 49ers being one of the hottest teams in the NFL at this point, winning five out of six games. But this is tough to win three consecutive road games. Boy, I, you know, you might say the 49ers are hot, but boy, they, if you're betting on the 49ers, they're putting fear in your pocket. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Oh, but they, you know, Jimmy looks so good at times, and then other times he looks terrible. Um, now you're going against a Packer team that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, MVP, uh, can score when he want, needs to score. And what I saw yesterday at the end of that Dallas game, it looked like Dallas had another 30, 40 seconds. They probably win that football game. Um, this could be, I think this, 
I think this uh, game's just going to be scoring uh, anytime you want to score. I, I really do. I, I think both teams' defenses are. Uh, I know the 49ers are probably a higher-rated defense, but they get weak as the game goes on too. So I, I can see a lot of points in this game. And as Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has the ball last, probably you know that that always spells bad for the opposing team. So uh, this probably make it up to six. JVT five was the opener. Five and a half now. I, I'm not going to be surprised to see a six. So we do have injuries too, of course. Uh, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, two of the, the actually the two best defense yep. players for San Francisco. W- would that yep. be the same impact as like the two guys that are out for Los Angeles tonight? If the, both of them can't play, is that a half point or is that worth more? Uh, I think that's for sure right. a boost at six, maybe six and a half. All right, we'll see if that's going to be the case. Uh, big injuries, although it does sound positive uh, for the two. All right, big one on the board. Seems like it's going to be the best one of the weekend, Buffalo and Kansas City. So where are you guys at with this, John, and where do you expect this to open up? Because we saw a wide variety of openers last night, two and a half or two, depending on where you look. But it does seem like it's moving in favor of Kansas City. You know, JVT, one thing I do like about this game before I, we even talk about the game itself is where the game is positioned. I really like the 330 start. Um, I think that works well for betting both East Coast, West Coast, yeah. uh, and keeps that in-game wagering, you know, probably intact throughout the entire game. We've been writing a ton of money on in-game. I, I tell you, a lot of six-figure bets. So um, in-game is just prospering during the playoffs. Um, as far as the game goes, we opened two and a half. Uh, we're still at two and a half. But we are seeing a little bit of Kansas City money. But this game is nowhere. I mean, not even close to having a, even a percentage of the handle that it's going to get by the time we get to Sunday. So humans and I were talking about this last night. What, what side do you think is going to be the public side here? Like, is it going to be Buffalo? Is it going to be Kansas City? Both teams are coming off of blowout victories. Both teams are playing a lot better. It's hard to gauge which side is going to be the public side, for lack of a better term. Well, the public would like to grab a three on this game, that's yeah. for sure. So if it get, does get the three, I think you know they will take that three. Uh, the money line you know, depends on if, if you can get plus a quarter in this game. Uh, I think they'll they'll probably take a shot there. But there's going to be the people that are being the Chiefs believers and say, look, I don't have to lay a lot of money line for the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, I feel this is the this team's playing better than anybody right now in football. So uh, you can make an argument either way. Right now, I, I don't know. Look, you're I'm with you that it just looks like the best game of the weekend. Johnny Vello again, DraftKings Sportsbook Director. Johnny, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you. Thank you, JVT. You got it. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be fantastic. Now, we did get some news, by the way, while we're sitting here. Uh, Jimmy Vicaro did walk in and uh, give us a little bit of uh, content, I guess. $50,000 on the Arizona Cardinals placed out here at the uh, South Point. You see the ticket right there, plus three and a half. And remember, the South Point, uh, one of the few places that does not move the juice. So uh, you're laying 110, so 55 k to win 50 here at the South Point, just came in on the Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Rams. So that number continues to head in uh, the direction of the Arizona Cardinals, and not surprisingly, uh, we are now down to three here at the South Point in favor of the Los Angeles Rams with a total of 49. Man, this thing opened up five. There is a lot of steam heading in the direction of the Arizona Cardinals. Not a great injury issue or injury report for the Los Angeles Rams either. All right, we'll come back. Uh, plenty of stuff left to get to here when we get to best bets. Discuss a little bit of the NBA. Two plays later today in the association. And uh, wrap up some of the stuff when it comes to the divisional round, specifically with the San Francisco Green Bay game, because I uh, find myself gravitating toward the home team here. We'll discuss why when we return here on The Edge.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Best bets on the edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, and it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find look at a store near you at zyn.com slash find warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical all right best bets let's recap the weekend and uh got two plays for later today in the association should also recap the fact uh that uh was on the pelicans in the early morning game here tipped at 9 30 a.m pacific time against the boston celtics oh boy uh 29 to 18 after the first quarter felt pretty good that they were going to be able to stay within that number. Uh, but ultimately 21 points from Jason Tatum in the second half, a 22 to seven run in the second half as well, ultimately downs the birds. So Pelicans don't get there, but Warriors on Friday night were a four and a half point underdog uh, at their peak and eventually closed about three against the Bulls. Didn't even matter. One outright uh, dropped 130 on Chicago in a get right spot. And uh, the Bulls defensively continue to kind of flounder here. And they're up against it against Milwaukee, Memphis today. But a uh, good win there for Monday. So two plays, as I mentioned, first off magic plus two against the trailblazers. So I'm going to take this number. This got fed up uh, at one point and one overnight line had the magic as a two point favorite. But it looks like the Portland trailblazers are going to get CJ McCollum back tonight. And you would think that, hey, man, that's great. Well, here's. The, my philosophy has always kind of been you never want to overreact to the guy coming back. C.J. McCollum has not played since December 4th. I think it would be kind of foolish to expect him to get plugged in and play uh, at the exact same level that he's been throughout his career. Now, they are 3-1 and one straight up and against the spread in their last four games. But, like, think about this. Last time we saw the Trailblazers, they were plus 7 when they played the Washington Wizards on Saturday. Now, all of a sudden, they're laying 2 on the road against the Orlando Magic. I get it. The Magic have not been a great team, but the Magic actually, if you look at their last 14 games, they're 8-6 against the spread, and their net rating over that stretch, negative 6.5, 
actually much better than the Portland Trailblazers net rating over that 14-game stretch, a negative 8.1. So just going to take two with the home team here against uh, with the Orlando Magic against Portland, just kind of playing against the market, <clears throat> I think overreacting to C.J. McCollum getting back on the floor. The additional play that's not up on the graphic, and I was waiting for the injury report to get posted for the Utah Jazz, and that has indeed been the case. And the guy that I was looking for to see if he was going to play is going to play. Rudy Gobert. We'll play the second leg of a back-to-back here for the Utah Jazz. Jazz, a four-and-a-half-point favorite right now. We'll lay it here, open up five. You see that usual, like, half-point tax charge to the team that's playing on the second leg. But, look, this team was 0-4 straight up against the spread in those four games without Rudy Gobert. And technically, they were 1-4, I should put it that way. But they were on a four-game losing streak. They beat Denver last night. They posted their best defensive rating since Gobert's last game on the floor. They exploded for an offensive rating of 130.4. They're just a different team with Gobert out there. And you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, yes, things are starting to fall apart here in both sides of the floor, but how about some of these numbers? Not only are they 2-4 and four against the spread uh, in January, the problem for the Lakers, how about this in terms of the losing? Defense on the season, 111.5 per 100 possessions, and that's not very good. But since December 23rd, Lakers, 119.2 points allowed per 100 possessions in non-garbage time minutes. One of the worst defensive ratings in the NBA over that stretch. One of the worst at containing dribble penetration. Rim defense has been atrocious. Perimeter defense has been a problem, giving up 39% on three-point attempts during this uh, little bit of a slide. So I think this is just a pretty good matchup for Utah, who has their best defensive player back. So Magic plus two and Jazz minus four and a half for tonight for the show. Wild card recap, Buccaneers minus eight and a half versus the Eagles. You know, I was, so it's throughout the week, I was kind of talking about, hey, the Patriots, you know, kind of pulling the collar out, right? I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. And that, that came to fruition. Patriots got blown out. Well, by the time we got to Saturday, and this number got down to seven for the Eagles, I was like, wow, am I missing something here? Uh, that got steamed down uh, very hard. But Buccaneers cover every which way, and uh, they take care of business against the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's kind of like we talked about, right, that matchup. On first down runs, they really contained the Philadelphia Eagles, forced Jalen Hurts to be a passer, did not work out. They were consistently behind the chains and ultimately could not win and had a good fourth quarter, but it was all for naught as the Buccaneers uh, move on to the divisional round and cover as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Mentioned Patriots, yeah, they were dead in the water. It, it sucks when you, you, know, you have that feeling and you see the first drive and you're like, oh, yeah. Buffalo's going to roll these guys. It was the first drive. Humans texted me, and it's funny because I was, I was in the middle of texting him. They're cooked, and I get a message from humans saying, essentially, they're cooked, except with a lot more expletives. Um, but the Patriots had nothing against Buffalo. But it sets up uh, one of the best matchups we're going to see, so I'm down with it. And then Raiders, Bengals, under 49. That one gets there, and uh, matchup kind of played out how we expected. Uh, Bengals played a, a relatively solid defensive game until some of their defensive linemen went out, uh, but ultimately goes under the total. So good, two and one week there. Uh, recapping what humans did through the weekend, just two plays, a one and one split there. Patriots plus four and a half is the loss. 49ers plus three is the win. Uh, although they did flirt with uh, giving that one away, at least from a straight-up perspective, to the Dallas Cowboys. Pending here, as we talked about at the start of the show, right? Hard to get in on three and a half and three when you could have gotten four, four and a half throughout the week, but he's got the Cardinals plus four against the Los Angeles Rams. Matt, also, how about this? Winners, Hawaii serving Matt well here. Had the winner, of course, that turned into champions, and then this, Hideki Matsuyama, my guy Mats, 18 to one. I had him last weekend, didn't bet him this weekend. But he gets the win this weekend at the Sony Open in Honolulu. And I would stress, humans and I talked about this last night in opening lines, go to Twitter or go to PGATour.com and look at the shots that Matsuyama hit on the final hole in regulation, we'll call it, and the playoff hole as well. He was incredible. 
down the stretch of that tournament to win that thing. So two tournaments thus far this golf season, two winners for Matt Humans outright for a tournament. So good for Humans there. Again, Matsuyama, the 18 to 1 winner. I think that's all we got for Humans, right? Did he have two plays today, college hoops? Nothing. All right. So again, he was on follow the money. We'll see if he is going to be back here um, tomorrow. With that, and by the way, this week's going to be awesome because not only is it the divisional round, but myself and Matt Santos are very much excited for this UFC card this weekend. So we're going to sneak in some UFC analysis, have a good guest on, uh, because this card is going to be absolutely fantastic on Saturday. Um, All right, so I mentioned this going into break. Let's talk about this really quickly. San Francisco taking on the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, it, it's, it's the wild card game, right, laid the points for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because at times I think in some of these postseason matchups, especially when you get a lower seed moving on after a wild card win, you know, some of the matchups are a little lopsided. And before I go into why I like Green Bay, I will say there are plenty of things that work out potentially for San Francisco in a game like this, right? Their running game is very, very effective. And if you look at Green Bay, actually it's some of the advanced metrics uh, for what they have done against the run. And it's kind of been like a thing for Green Bay each of the last few years, right? It's why the 49ers have had so much success against Green Bay over the last few years, namely the big blowout in that NFC Championship game. But the, running, the run defense has been suboptimal for the Green Bay Packers uh, these last few seasons. And it's mainly just the way they've built their defense, right? Really solid and up front when it comes to attacking the, um, excuse me, rushing the passer. But they have been um, getting moved off the ball a little bit against some potent running offenses. So that's like the path there for the San Francisco 49ers. However, when you look at this from Green Bay's perspective, in my opinion, you get a San Francisco 49ers team that, yes, while the secondary looked great against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, I think when you look at them in terms of what they allow from coverage, what they allow downfield, I, Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to find success in this passing attack against the San Francisco 49ers secondary. And that's with or without Fred Warner that's going to be out there. Uh, and Nick Bosa, too, right? So those are two big guys that are going to be a problem. And on the other side, too, is Jimmy Garoppolo – showed you both sides of the coin in that game against Dallas. And I mentioned this going into the weekend, which was Garoppolo did commit six turnover-worthy plays in the final two games of the regular season, right, going into the postseason. And while everybody was gung-ho about the 17-0 comeback and then winning that game against Los Angeles, he still put the ball in danger multiple times in that game. And you saw yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys, he was not good in the second half. He had the interception that he threw. They, they benefited from it, but he had an awful throw right, accuracy-wise to George Kittle on that little screen that ended up actually being incomplete and helpful because he fumbled the ball in the ensuing you know, chaos that followed. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not a guy I think that you can trust to consistently deliver plays for four quarters. And you saw that yesterday. You saw the full experience for Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers. The bad plays are bad for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And so ultimately, I think, I, I mean, I know, I have a massive edge in terms of the quarterback at this point. I think the passing attack is going to have success against the secondary. Now, the other end, I actually get a relatively solid pass defense against a quarterback and a weak offensive line in terms of pass protection against a defense that can rush the passer adequately and I think is going to force Jimmy Garoppolo into some mistakes. So, as we discussed on opening lines yesterday, Circa and a couple of other shops with the lows at opening up minus four and a half, expected it to get to five and potentially five and a half. And that's where it's at right now. And five, five and a half is kind of a dead number. But, you know, if you can lay five, it's the better number you lay it. But I, to me, San Francisco is the side. And I'm, I'm going to hold off and see what the market does with the news because it does seem like Fred Warner and Bosa are going to be able to play. And once we get the official news that they'll be available, curious to see what the market's going to do. If we get a move off of a half point, when it gets down to four and a half, whatever it is. But uh, I am willing to go out and uh, play against San Francisco here on this side with the Green Bay Packers.
man, I can't wait for the divisional round. All these games are actually going to be really good. And even the um, even though it's not great, Tennessee Titans, Cincinnati Bengals matchup. But watching Joe Burrow play football has been a, a lot of fun, so I can't wait. All right, with that, all done here. My Guys in the Desert coming up next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed out on any part of this show or your favorite shows here, which I'm shooting is MGITD as well, go to vcin.com slash podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.